Hey everyone, thanks for joining us. This is the Anesthesia Learn on the Go podcast series from the University of Kentucky Department of Anesthesiology. In these episodes, we will provide a high-yield clinical review of some of the common topics encountered by anesthesiologists at all levels. The following episode will be recorded by a member of our department at UK. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at UK Anesthesia and subscribe to the University of Kentucky Department of Anesthesiology YouTube channel for our videocast. Now fire up your headphones, relax, and let's talk anesthesia. My name is Robert Geiser, and I'm the Chair of Anesthesiology at the University of Kentucky. I will be discussing today cardiac arrest in the pregnant patient. Cardiac arrest in the pregnant patient is a challenging uh, scenario for the provider as it requires the management of two different patients, the mother and the fetus. To give an idea of the incidence of cardiac arrest in pregnancy, a United States nationwide inpatient sample was conducted, and it showed that the incidence is approximately 1 in 12,000 admissions for delivery. In making decisions regarding uh, management of the patient who experiences cardiac arrest during pregnancy, you must come with an estimate of the gestational age. To better understand or to better guess what is the estimated gestational age, if the uterus is palpable above the pubic symphysis, the fetus is 12 weeks in gestation. If the uterus is palpable at the umbilicus, the fetus is approximately 20 weeks gestation. And if the uh, uterus is palpable below the level of the sternum, the estimated gestational age of the fetus is 36 weeks. In the management of the patient who experiences cardiac arrest during pregnancy, one must remember the physiologic changes of pregnancy. These changes occur to meet the increased demands placed on the mother's body from the developing fetus. All organ systems are affected, however, I will just focus on the ones that are important when managing the patient who experiences cardiac arrest. During pregnancy, cardiac output is increased. This increase is, uh, occurs to meet the demands of an increase in oxygen consumption. During pregnancy, the greatest increase in cardiac output occurs during the second trimester, and this increase in cardiac output is due to an increase in heart rate and in stroke volume. During pregnancy, after 20 weeks gestation, there is the concern regarding aortic cable compression. Recent literature suggests that the aorta is not as compressed as once thought by the uh, uterus. However, there is a cable compression, which results in a decrease in venous return from the lower extremities. This decrease in venous return results in a lowering of the cardiac output when the mother is supine, hence the reason tilting to the left relieves the cable compression and returns the cardiac output to normal. During pregnancy, there is effect on the respiratory system. There is an increase in minute ventilation as a result in increase in tidal volume as well as in respiratory rate. The increase in tidal volume is approximately 40%, while the increase in respiratory rate is approximately 15%. This increase occurs to meet the increase in oxygen consumption that occurs during pregnancy. With the increase in, in minute ventilation, there is little alkalosis due to the increased excretion of bicarbonate by the kidneys. 
oxygen consumption increases during pregnancy, occurring to a, approximately uh, 20%. This increase is due to increase in metabolism as well as the increase in work and breathing. These physiologic changes in the respiratory system are important to remember when managing the pregnant patient who experiences cardiac arrest. The decrease in bicarbonate from the increased excretion by the kidney means for a lower tolerance of acidemia that may occur from hypoxia. Furthermore, the oxygen reserves are lower and the metabolic demands are higher in the pregnant patient. In terms of the hematologic system, the blood volume increases. This increase in blood volume is, an increase, is due to an increase in plasma volume as well as in red cell mass. The plasma volume increases to a greater extent, approximately 45%, then does the red cell mass, which increases approximately 20%, resulting in the physiologic anemia of pregnancy. Pregnant patients are hypercoagulable. This is the reason there is an increase and thrombotic pulmonary embolism during pregnancy. This hypercoagulable state results from an increase in fibrinogen as well as factors 7, 8, 10, and 12. In terms of the renal system, the increase in cardiac output results in an increase in renal blood flow, which results in an increase in glomerular filtration rate. This increase in GFR results in a lowering of the BUN and creatinine during pregnancy. There are two documents which have uh, been recently published examining cardiac arrest during pregnancy, and both of them serve as valuable resources. The first was published by the American Heart Association in circulation in 2015 and is entitled Cardiac Arrest in Pregnancy. The other is the Society of Obstetric Anesthesia and Perinatology consensus statement on the Management of Cardiac Arrest in Pregnancy, published in Anesthesia and Analgesia in 2014. I am going to summarize what both of these documents emphasize. When managing the pregnant patient who experiences cardiac arrest, CPR should be immediately initiated and the compression should be hard, fast, and uninterrupted. Compression should be done as in the non-pregnant state with the hands placed on the center of the victim's chest. It is important when doing chest compressions on the pregnant patient that the patient is supine. The patient should not be tilted to the left for left uterine displacement because that results in ineffective chest compressions. To institute left uterine displacement, it should be performed manually by a second provider. In terms of defibrillation, as well as in medications, there should be no adjustments based on the pregnancy. Defibrillation should be as in the non-pregnant state, using a biphasic shock of 120 to 200 joules, and medications should be administered in similar amounts as you would for the non-pregnant patient. In terms of managing the pregnant patient who experiences uh, cardiac arrest, it is important to remember the concept of perimortem cesarean delivery. This concept was introduced in 1982 when a publication occurred which examined a 27-year-old G1P0 who was 37 weeks gestation. She developed pulseless tachycardia after massive hemoptysis. CPR was instituted and was not successful in returning spontaneous circulation.
At the end of 25 minutes, the decision was to deliver the fetus with the hope that at least the baby would have a better outcome than the mom. After delivery of the fetus, there was the immediate return of spontaneous circulation in the mother, giving birth to the concept that cesarean delivery during cardiac arrest will be beneficial to the mother. This concept was reinforced by other cases in the fact that doing a perimortem cesarean delivery relieves aortic cable compression as well allows for the effective administration of chest compressions. So a perimortem cesarean delivery is good for the mom. It is also good for the baby. And a case series examining several cases of perimortem cesarean delivery, all infants born before five minutes were normal as compared to those who were born after five minutes of initiating of cardiopulmonary resuscitation in which that the length of time correlated with the lack of survival as well as with the increase in neurologic impairment. So this led to the birth of the concept of the five-minute rule. The five-minute rule states that when experiencing cardiac arrest, there should be four minutes of resuscitation. If there is not a return of spontaneous circulation, then cesarean delivery should be performed at minute five. This concept only applies to gestations greater than 20 weeks gestation. This rule was introduced in 1984. What has been the impact of this rule on outcome? A case series looking at all the literature of perimortem cesarean delivery after 1985 was examined. They identified 38 cases of perimortem cesarean delivery. Of these 38 cases, 34 infants survived. And of the 20 arrests with potentially resuscitatable causes, 13 mothers survived and were discharged in good condition. This series suggests that the five-minute rule is good for the neonate as well as good for the mother. Things to remember when doing this is that if the rhythm is shockable, standard ACLS protocol should be initiated. If not successful, immediate delivery should occur to give the biggest benefit to the mother and the fetus. So this emphasizes that it is important not to delay transporting the mother to the operating room to perform the cesarean delivery. This concept must be remembered when managing parturients in the ICU or in the emergency room that if they should experience cardiac arrest, the equipment to perform an immediate cesarean delivery should be in place. Furthermore, there should not be the presence of fetal monitors when managing the patient who experiences cardiac arrest. The fetal monitors will interfere with the immediate delivery of the fetus via cesarean delivery and so should not be placed during a cardiac arrest. Other aspects such as medications and defibrillation should be done as done in a non-pregnant patient. If successful, the mother should receive cooling afterwards as one would do for the non-pregnant with a targeted temperature management of 32 to 34 degrees Celsius. A recent survey of cardiac arrest in pregnancy was conducted in the United Kingdom. Examining all cases from 2011 to 2014, 66 cases of maternal cardiac arrest were identified. 
Of these cases, 28 women died. In the group who survived, survival occurred if delivery happened before three minutes. There was no survival after 12 minutes. When looking at the 25 surviving babies, uh, all were born within five minutes of the cardiac arrest. This study emphasizes the importance of the five-minute rule and the fact that it is good for the mom by allowing for uh, chest compressions as well as for relieving atrial compression as well as is good for the baby. So in summarizing, the cardiac arrest in pregnant patients is exceptionally rare. The current literature suggests a survival incidence of 60%. It is important to remember the five-minute rule and not to delay resuscitation by transporting the mother to the operating room. It is important to have the equipment necessary to perform cesarean delivery at the location of the cardiac arrest. Defibrillation medications would be used as in the non-pregnant state, and chest compression should be done with the patient's supine using manual left uterine displacement by another bystander.